Hello, my name is Gavin McFadden, the Minister of Cardonald Parish Church in Glasgow, and I'd like to welcome you to our service of worship. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord is patient with us, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. For God so loved the world, that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. So let us worship God together as we begin with the hymn, And Can It Be, sung by the Cardonald Ladies Choir. If you'd like to follow along, the words are in the Mission Praise Hymn Book number 33. Let's pray together. Dear God, our Heavenly Father, as we consider the words of the hymn, and can it be that I should gain an interest in the Saviour's blood, 
It is indeed a mystery that you, the eternal God, who made the heavens and the earth, and who is above all and beyond all in power and majesty and splendour, would take an interest in us, coming close to us through your Son, Jesus Christ, to die for us and make a way for us to receive forgiveness and life that lasts forever. We praise you that because of our Lord Jesus, there is no condemnation for those who put their trust in you. And we thank you that we may approach your eternal throne, clothed in the righteousness of Christ our Lord, to offer our gifts of worship for your goodness to us. Forgive us, Lord, for all that we have said or done or thought that has grieved your heart of love. Cleanse us and renew us by your most Holy Spirit, so that we might walk closely with you, keeping in step wherever your Spirit leads, to do the good works that you have prepared for us, and live for your glory always. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power and the glory for ever. Amen. Let's listen now to God's word read from the New International Version of the Bible. Our first Bible reading today is Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice. The earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see what the Lord has done, the desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Our second Bible reading is 1 Corinthians chapter 13. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, 
And if I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonour others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails, but where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part. Then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these three remain, faith, hope and love. But the greatest of these is love. The 13th chapter of the Apostle Paul's first letter to the Corinthians has been widely acknowledged as one of the most inspiring descriptions of love there is. And so unsurprisingly, it's very popular to have it read at weddings and other special occasions. However, because these words are so familiar to us, we might miss some of the riches they contain about God's incredible love for us, the love that enables us to love one another. Love, or lack of love, is something that concerns us all. In recent days, following the death of the African-American George Floyd at the hands of police officers in the United States, I'm sure many of us have been asking the question, how can people treat each other in such ways? There are, of course, a number of ways we might begin to answer that question, but at the very basic level, it reveals a lack of love or concern or compassion for another person. However, this isn't just a question about what other people have done. We all need to ask ourselves, how loving are we? Because we all need love that isn't just some vague concept or warm feelings. We all need love that is patient and kind, that does not delight in evil but rejoices in the truth, that always protects, always trusts, always hopes and never fails. 
And so there is, perhaps, no more important subject than knowing the love of God. Who is the source of love? And who is, in his very nature, love? If you were asked to define love, I wonder what would be the first word or words you would use. How would you complete the sentence, love is? I made a discovery this past week as I was just mentioning this particular Bible passage on love is quite familiar to many of us. But it's interesting when we notice something new in something that's familiar, something that stands out for the first time. What I noticed was that the description of love here from verse 4 onwards begins with the phrase, love is patient. Love is patient. And that was a surprise to me. Why is patience such an important thing when we're talking about perfect love? Isn't patience just for standing in queues outside the supermarket or that sort of thing? This revelation, if you like, came to me when I was reading a book called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by a writer called John Comer. And he made a statement in the book that really got my attention. He said that God is never in a hurry. And then he followed up by pointing out that God, who is perfectly loving, is always patient with us and never in a hurry with us. And when we think about it, that's absolutely true. God is never in a hurry. Even though I'm sure we sometimes wish God were in a hurry to answer us, he never goes any faster or slower than he needs to. He always does things at just the right time. And if we think about the ministry of Jesus in the Gospels, we see that he was never in a hurry. Yes, sometimes other people try to pressure him to do one thing or another in their timing. But Jesus never listened to the voice saying, hurry. He always did things in the timing and in the way that his Father in heaven gave him to do. But hurry isn't just about a matter of timing. It's about how it affects our ability to love. Let's think for a moment about us. What happens when we're in a hurry? Are we in a good position when we're hurrying to give our loving attention to someone else? Are we in a place to think clearly about something? Are we likely to be experiencing the peace and joy of the Lord when we're hurrying? I think we'd have to say no to those things because while there is a time to act swiftly, for example, to help someone in danger, hurrying is never a helpful way to live. We might contrast the way we sometimes are with the way Jesus was with those he met. Imagine Jesus on his journeys being interrupted by the cries of the blind beggars or the lepers. Would Jesus have responded 
sorry, I'm in a hurry. I've got an important parable to share in half an hour and I don't have time for you. Now Jesus gave them his full attention and he was patient with those he came to help or those who came to him for help. While we might have tried to fill Jesus' itinerary with lots of meetings and speaking engagements, he simply listened to the voice of his Father in heaven and spent his time in a purposeful but unhurried way with the ones and twos, with the people others had forgotten about or those who were shunned as being outcasts. Jesus, demonstrating the perfect love of God, showed that love by being patient with the people he met, who he had come to share the good news with. I wonder how we think God is with us when we approach him in prayer. Do we think he might be a bit busy to give us his full attention? Do we think he might be perhaps thinking to himself, I wish they'd keep it brief today because my to-do list is astronomical. No, God delights for us to come to him, to be with him and to walk with him. He's never too busy and he's never in a hurry with us because he loves us so much and his love is perfectly patient with us. I know myself how often, whether it's in spending time with God or in spending time with other people, that I'm not really giving my full attention because I'm in a hurry to get on with something else that day. Maybe I'm wanting to check my phone or my email. But whatever it is, I'm not acting in a loving way when I'm in a state of hurry. My attention is divided. My patience is lacking. And because my patience is lacking, so is my love. Isn't it great, though, that God, who is perfectly loving and perfectly patient with us, keeps inviting us to step out of this hurry and into the stillness of his eternal presence. He says to us, Be still and know that I am God. I've got it all covered, he's saying. You don't need to hurry. You don't need to try and work everything out on your own because I am with you and I am the Lord Almighty, your refuge and strength and an ever-present help in trouble. I am enough for you. So let's hear his invitation to us now as I read Jesus' words from Matthew chapter 11 verses 28 to 30 from the Message Translation of the Bible. Jesus says to us, Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. 
I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Amen. Let's pray together. Gracious and loving God, thank you that you call out to us in your patient love to leave the hurry of our lives, the worries, the fears, the distractions, and to be still and know that you are God. Thank you that you help us and uphold us in the storms and in the sorrows, with the comfort and strength of your loving presence. Thank you that nothing is too big or too small for you, and that we may come confidently before you with our prayers through our Lord Jesus Christ, who has given his life for us and continues to intercede for us at your right hand in heaven. Lord, over all the earth, we lift up the nations before you in the ongoing struggle with the coronavirus, that you would help us and heal us, that you would have mercy on us and deliver us in our time of need. Forgive us, Lord, for all that has contributed to the lack of love and care and compassion we see around our world. And especially at this time, we pray for all those affected by the recent events in America. Lord, we pray for healing and forgiveness, justice and mercy, as well as for the transformation and hope through the love of Christ. Lord, our comforter and healer, bring your comfort to those who are grieving the loss of a loved one and the reassurance of the everlasting hope we have in Christ. Bring your healing to those who are sick and the encouragement of your loving presence with them. Bless too our families and friends and all who are in our thoughts today. And in your everlasting love, we thank you for those that have gone before us, especially those known to us who have died in the faith, and who now live in the light and joy of your nearer presence. Grant that we may be faithful in our lives and come to share with them the glory of everlasting life through Jesus Christ our Lord, who with you, dear Father, and the Holy Spirit is worshipped and glorified forever. Amen. Our closing hymn is Amazing Grace, sung by the Cardonald Ladies Choir. If you'd like to follow along, the words are in the Mission Praise Hymn Book, Number 31. Amazing. 
We close our service now with a blessing taken from Colossians chapter 1. May God fill you with the knowledge of his will, through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord, and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that you may have great endurance and patience and give joyful thanks to the Father through Jesus Christ our Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you this day and always. Amen. <laughs>